Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's nearly here, but the week to go before Christmas, I can't be the only one who's left their shopping to the last minute. What you do when you want to smell a wine and when you want to taste a wine, ooh, that, <laughs> that was very good. That was satisfying. <laughs> well, if you're in the market for tips on the best Christmas tipple, then David and I are about to ride to the rescue. And there was mine. Oh, oh, look at you. You did it properly. Oh, and all over my leg. Uh, <laughs> on this podcast... We are never less than intrepid in our attempts to bring you answers to the big questions of the day. Where are you on decanting? Nowhere. I think decanting is a complete waste of time. (laughs) We'll bring you five of the best wines from champagne to port to carry you through a Christmas meal. And if you're anything like us, the inevitable snooze that follows. I've learned a lot. I've drunk probably a bit too much. And I am really ready to have my postprandial nap. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times with David Aronovich and me, Manveen Rana. Today, the best wines for Christmas, otherwise known as the episode where David and I get ever so slightly squiffy. I'm Jane McCritty. I'm the wine critic for The Times and also the drink critic, uh, a role that I've been happily involved in since the 80s. Fortunately for us, we've got some expert help. My children don't think I do a job at all. They think these bottles clutter up by the kettle every day and they see me spitting into the kitchen (laughs) sink. Yep, really nice for my family. But wine is really such a delightful extra to life that I can't really be if somebody you know sadly if I got COVID-19 and lost my sense of smell uh, it would be like for me losing an arm or a leg it's just part of the fabric of my life it's a joy I drink wine every day I had to confess to a family friend the other day so your doctor must love that yeah well actually you know what is the definition of an alcoholic somebody who drinks more than their doctor (laughs) (laughs) Jane, can I ask, just ask you a quick question? When did you yes. start? I mean, were you were you a, a child drinker? We went to France a lot for holidays, and I went out there to pick grapes and learn French, and started drinking wine in the way that French families do with children. You get some splashed in a tumbler, and some water gets splashed in too, and off you go. So it was very much part of the fabric of my life, and I didn't really pay much attention to it because it just was what. 
our family did. I was always amazed when I went to other families' houses that, oh, goodness, they don't have any wine and water on the table. How strange. But I didn't drink Coca-Cola, I think, till I was about 13. Well, you were, you were very modest in introducing yourself because the full title now is actually Jane McQuitty, MBE. Yes, Tell us uh, about that. Very surprising, uh, you know, totally unexpected. They send you an email these days, the Cabinet Office. Do they? Is that how it's done? Yes. And I thought it was a wind-up. And I thought, you know, I can't believe this. How extraordinary, very unexpected, very overwhelming. So I had to have a quick squint at the address and work out, actually, no, it wasn't a wind-up. And uh, it was for services to wine journalism. It's all to do with spending a lifetime on sniffing, slurping and spitting, I hasten to add. (laughs) Now... On that, we are going to get stuck in on a proper tasting. Yes, please. What is your advice when you are are tasting? How should it be done? Well, the basic rule is, and let's do it as... So the the first wine we've got is Waitrose's Champagne. It's a Blonde Noir. I hear somebody opening theirs. Yep, I'm going to make a pop sound now. Oh, not much of a pop, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But that's because I'm very careful when I open champagne to make certain we don't lose a drop. So this is a Blonde de Noir, which means a white wine made from black grapes. And in this case, it's made 100% from Pinot Noir, which is the best red grape in Champagne. It's made by a small family house called Alexandra Bonnet. And they're down in the southern bit of Champagne in a place called the Aube, where grapes are cheaper. So I can quite understand why waitresses wine buyer for their own label, Blonde de Noir, decided to go down to the Aube. And it's not the greatest champagne in the world. It's non-vintage. But you guys tell me what you think. (laughs) That was very good. That was satisfying. (laughs) Oh, oh, look at you. You did it properly. Oh, and all over my leg. (laughs) That is just total my Apple Watch. Oh, no. (laughs) The, the, The small hint, you are not a racing driver. The idea is to get every single drop of champagne into your glass. When you've got the champagne in your glass, which I think hopefully you might have done by now. <laughs> yes. Here goes. Here goes. Bravo. Okay, so you give it a twirl. Yeah. Now, do you guys know how to do twirls? Oh, go on. Um, What's the method? Well, it's, it's when you see wine tasters just twirling the contents of their glass. Oh, that, yeah. Okay, yeah. so what you're doing there is you're releasing all those lovely aromas into the air about an inch or two inches above your glass. And if you can't twirl, and lots of people can't because you have to sort of have a rather dexterous wrist to do it, just put your glass on the table and twirl it on the table. And that should rotate the wine in the glass sufficiently. I have to tell you that I think I'm a twirler to the manner born because I have my (laughs) schnoz two inches above and I'm getting the full smell. Perfect. So this is Pinot Noir. It's a white champagne from a black grape. And there is a few markers for the Pinot Noir grape and champagne. And I wonder if you're going to hit them straight on the head for me. Look, I, I don't... I, this is Man Bean's drink, by the way. But I have to say, <laughs> one of the problems we have here is I don't know how to describe what I smell. Well, OK, I'll put you out of your misery then. So what this smells of, which is a great marker for Pinot Noir and champagne, is it has a kind of nutty, yeasty, digestive mm. biscuit kind of scent. I hadn't picked up the digestive biscuit, but definitely nutty. Oh, no, it's kind of like fresh brown bread. The other key thing on tasting anything, take a, a little slurp into your mouth 
swallow it and count the number of seconds that you can still taste the wine in your mouth after you've swallowed it. This is a key quality wine factor. Well, I'm doing it too. Now, what, what's, um, what's a good amount of time? Well, I got to about 14 there, 15, and... I've still got it. Yeah, so have I. <laughs> well, yes, a little bit of a tingle at the back, but if you kind of the full digestive biscuit hit is mm. about 14 or 15 seconds, isn't it? Rubbish wines, you will only get to about five. It's like falling off a cliff. You, you don't taste anything after five seconds. <laughs> Good ordinary everyday wines, sort of 499, 599 specials, you probably get somewhere between five and ten, Above 15, you're talking about a good winemaker using good grapes in a good place. And above 25, 30, you're talking a great winemaker in a great place with great grapes. So it's a very quick and easy grid that you can use on every single wine, whether it's white, red, fizz, pink, the whole bang shooting match. This is where I sound a bit posy. A great wine is a bit like a great piece of music. It's got a beginning, so it's got the nose. It's got a middle, which is the taste. And it's got an end, which is that finish. I quite like this because it's, it's not aggressively fizzy, which some champagnes can be. Absolutely. Um, it's very drinkable. <laughs> it's quite easy quaffing, isn't it? Very easy quaffing, as I've now found. <laughs> I, I, want to, I want to point out at this point that Shane is the only one with a spittoon. <laughs> Yes. David and I are going to be slurring by the end of the We're just starting the Christmas early. It, it's a light, fresh, you know, digestive biscuit scented, good ordinary champagne. And the good news is that the Waitrose are reducing it for the Christmas period. Yay! <laughs> so they've knocked six quid off and it'll cost you £17.99. pence. Can I just ask? Yeah. So I've never, I've never actually used one of these before. I've had one for years and I've never needed to because when you open champagne, you usually get right the way through it. But um, champagne stoppers, do they work? Oh, brilliant piece of kit. Yeah, no, I love Do they my... keep the fizz? They do. And the first wine myth that always needs to be uh, scotched is this business of, you know, if you drop a silver teaspoon into the neck of a bottle, that will somehow keep the bubbles. I mean, it's just such an old wives' tale. That. <laughs> that... <laughs> so uh, a champagne court, which all good wine merchants and actually all good department stores sell, the great advantage of that is it has a kind of rubber close seal, provided you ram it down firm enough onto the bottle and ah, keep yes. the bottle upright in the fridge. You know, the champagne will not lose its bubbles for a couple of days the fruit will probably fade a little bit, but it'll still be perfectly drinkable. You know, they cost you £2.50, something like that. So if anybody needs a, something to put in their toe of their Christmas stocking, <laughs> might I recommend the champagne stopper? <laughs> Perfect. You've raised a can of worms there because I haven't got a champagne stopper, so I've got to get my wife to come up and get this bottle of champagne and, and sup it with her family <laughs> downstairs, otherwise it's going to go to waste. Well, David, you're um, very lucky because you're, you're holed up with your family. I'm on my own, which means I'm going to have oh. five open bottles of wine by the end of this, and you might have to take over the shows for the next week. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be fine, Mandy. The key factor is... The champagne stopper. <laughs> well, actually, if you don't have a champagne stopper, the other wheeze is if you've got a clean piece of kitchen towel you roll it up so it's a kind of really solid kitchen towel bung and you ram that in the top of the champagne bottle excuse me i'm just gonna do that <laughs> and it's not as good as a champagne spot i see david is heading for, <laughs> heading for his kitchen roll 
bravo. Uh, that, you know, that is the next best thing. Oh, and I was just going to tell you about the, your, how to keep these bottles. So, well, watching the news might actually make you down all five. <laughs> and then you'd have to lie down, I think. So you ram the corks back into the bottles. You keep them upright in the fridge. If you're a, a regular solo drinker, what I recommend readers to do is to take two half bottles and when you have several wines, you know, you, you clean the bottle, you sterilize it with hot water so it's squeaky clean. And then you decant half the bottle of a full bottle of wine into your half bottle, stopper it very firmly and keep it in the cool and the dark, sometimes in the fridge, sometimes somewhere you know, in a larder that's cool and dark. And that way, you know, you're keeping the wine fresher because it, ah. it's air that it oxidizes wine and is the enemy of wine. So if you can prevent the air coming in contact with the wine, that is the way to do it. Air is the enemy of wine. Okay, shall we move on to the white? Yes. Yes. Now, the first thing I'm going to ask you about is uh, the name of this bottle because it goes on forever. So this is <laughs> a 2018 domaine Henri Bourgeois Cuvée La Priore Dozo Blas Sauvignon. So which bit of this is what? Very good accent, David. You obviously either had a cute French teacher at school or no, go there a lot on holiday. No, it has worked for me many <laughs> times, madame. Either way, we're impressed. First off, Sauvignon is Sauvignon Blanc, which is the grape that it's made from. The domain Henri Bourgeois is one of the best producers in the Loire. He's at the eastern end of the Loire at a place called Monatou Sanon. And Monatou Sanon, in the right producer's hands, gives you all of that kind of sparky elegance of that sort of grass-cutting, herbaceous, gooseberry green elegance of uh, Sancerre, but for a lot less money. And this is 1899. You know, it's a good Loire Sauvignon, and it will make a cracking bottle to serve with a fishy first course at, uh, over the festivities. You know, we smoke salmon or a kind of rich fish terrine or something like prawns with mayonnaise. This would have that kind of lemony, acidic lift and zest that would cut through some of the richness. I'm going to open this with our corkscrew, which is one of those metal corkscrews which has the arms on it and a rather handy bottle opener on the end. Now, I take it that's a really no, good one. No, it yeah? isn't. Honestly, you trash more corks with these things. They are so difficult to use. Yes. So, God, I'm using one of those too. Two things are going to happen when you use that corkscrew. Quite often, you're going to break the cork. The second thing you're going to do is you're going to really hurt your hands and your wrists. And the third thing you're going to do is quite often you're going to get little bits of cork scattered all over the surface of the wine because that spiral and that metal screw is so blooming unyielding. It just, you know, makes mincemeat of any cork. So what you okay. need is, again, Father Christmas, please note, scruple, which is a plastic screw, but it has the magic thing. It's the spiral is Teflon coated. And when you try and push down into the cork, you'll find that that Teflon coated spiral just slips through the cork easily. Okay, here goes. Uh yeah, carry on. Talk amongst yourselves. Yes. Well, I think you're just proving QED. <laughs> this is not... The I'm case. having a terrible time with this, actually. <laughs> I've broken into mine, but but you're right. They're, they're never ideal. I mean, I've got a waiter's friend too, but they're... No, those are hopeless. I mean, I like those even less. Yes. Well, they're very hard to grip on the... On the You've neck. got to have a pretty strong upper arm strength to actually wrench the cork out of the bottle with a waiter's friend. Um, yes. So I'm not a big fan <laughs> of those either. 
Oh, I'm not succeeding <laughs> with this one. Oh, oh, that's a lovely, lovely sound. Yeah, that's sound. a good sound. Okay, well, I, I'm absolutely convinced by what you said. I'm not going through this again. Um, but I forget the cork out. Now, how much should I pour in? If you really want to give a proper organoleptic assessment, as we call it in yeah. the trade, Ooh. I think I'd go for an inch, inch and a half, two inches top whack. Depends how big your glass is, obviously. Yeah, I've got an inch and a half here. So tell me what you think it smells of. You already gave it away. I've got to say it's lemony. It is. Yeah. And do you spot the acidity, that kind of lift in the mouth that makes... Oh, I haven't tasted it yet. Okay, so here we go. Oh, yeah, very much so. And it has a nice sort of racy, herby, bosky kind of quality, doesn't That's it? That's lovely. That's very different, you know. It's a class act Sauvignon. It's a dry Sauvignon style. Whereas if your idea of good Sauvignon is, for instance, a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc from someone like Marlborough, the answer is they're, they're much, much sweeter and you get those kind of passion fruit and tropical flavours, kind of guava and passion fruit's the big one. But if you want to match it to a, a smoked salmon or a smoked trout or a fish dish, you're better off with a drier style. Mm, this is lovely and clean and crisp. Yeah, it is. And, and Henri Bourgeois is really one of the best producers in Monetou Salon. And I've, I've recommended his wines a fair few times. And this is £18.99 at waitrosecellar.com, which I think is a good Christmas treat. It's not excessively priced. I, I, I really like it. I find it quite thick, actually. So it's not incredibly light but I, I do like the taste of it i think in wine speak she says sounding very sniffy already <laughs> i think what we call is that we'd use the word rich or concentrated there yes that's the word his other words he's using uh ripe fruit i have a confession i don't normally like white wine that much but i really like this well, it's quite mm. surprising because, of you know, if you're not a white, white drinker, normally people don't like the acidity and freshness and crispness of a good Sauvignon because they find that too tart and zingy on the palate. It's very rich, but it's, um, it's not overpowering. It... And it's got good length. Are you brave <laughs> enough to do one of those cord cordially <laughs> moments again? <laughs> Here we go. Go on, Manveen, you can do it. So you have to swallow and then you have to count slowly. And I'm hoping you get to... Yep, there's a bit of... Very good. Quite handy when you do make those chewing sounds because then it means that the wine is sloshing all the way around your mouth and you've got all your soft palate as well as your tongue picking up all the flavours. I'm still going. I think it's probably hit about 20 there. Oh, great. And you did as well, David. Yeah, it should be at least over 20 because, as I said, Henri Bourgeois is a really good producer and really over 20 for that part of the Loire and that grape, you wouldn't really expect to get... It's not like a great white burgundy made from the Chardonnay grape, you wouldn't expect to get much more than a 20 score. It's a bit like a nice, clean palate cleanser almost. Yes, and that's exactly why you should serve it at the beginning of a big feast, because mm. after a champagne, it uh, just leads you gently into the, the red wines that you might be considering for your Christmas feast. OK, I have to say that at this stage, I am in serious danger of not getting to the end of the meal. Um, <laughs> We'll have more on wine and the wine industry in just a moment. But if you want to make the most of the expertise at the Times, including Jane's tips on wines, and I'd heartily recommend them, 
then do subscribe to The Times and The Sunday Times today and get one month free. Search for thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. And before we get back to the festivities, please do remember to drink responsibly this Christmas. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Manvin, I think we maybe should go to your bottle of red. Yes, here we go. So this is Tuscan wine, 2018, Villa Antonori. What do we need to know about this? So it comes from Tuscany, which is the centre part of Italy. It's directly between, you know, Florence and Siena, beautiful countryside, still very much the same as it was in, you know, uh, Renaissance paintings, this backdrop of those lovely hills and cypress trees and farmhouses so this is the Sangiovese grape but it's topped up with a dab of Syrah and Merlot and Petit Verdot what the Antinoris wanted to do was just a kind of point of difference not to make because Sangiovese is the grape of Chianti and they didn't want to make a Chianti what they wanted to make was a, a wine that had a bit more razzmatazz, not so distinctively, authentically Italian, but a bit more, um, you know, had a point of difference. So the Antinori family are one of the most aristocratic and ancient of the Tuscan families, traded in wine since 1385. And I think there are 26 generations of Antinoris oh, wow. living in and making wine. And rather wonderfully, Piero Antinori, the Marchese, has three daughters and uh, three daughters now run the business, so that's grand for us women in wine. <laughs> yeah, we're only missing some song. <laughs> well, that'll be what you'll be doing at the end of this, won't it? Because Probably, at <laughs> this rate. <laughs> unlike me, you're not spitting. It's got a nip of acidity, like most Italian reds do, and that makes it a wonderful red to choose with goose or duck or any of those fatty game birds that people sometimes want to serve over the Christmas period. Where are you on decanting? 
nowhere. I think decanting is a complete waste of time. <laughs> oh, I'm so absolutely nothing to the wine. It's just one of those things that old fogies love to drone on about. And the rest of us think, what a waste of time. Occasionally, I put wine into the decanter. But I don't expect when the wine comes out of the decanter into my glass, any improvement. i just using this vessel as an attractive piece of table kit. This is so useful, Jane. I'm so pleased we're doing it. You know, wine does not have lungs. It does not breathe. You know, <laughs> it's really very simple. And scientifically, it has been proven to not make a hapus worth of difference. Not so long ago, I was in a really, really smart restaurant. I'm not going to go into too much detail in case I get fired, but um, I was given a red wine in a hugely wide glass. I mean, you know, the the glass was as wide as my head. Um, Was that unnecessary? So I use a bog standard goblet glass. It's a tulip glass and it's got a big bowl, but it tucks in at the top. So if you think of the shape of a tulip Mm. flower, that's really the rough shape you want for a wine glass. And the reason why it needs to tuck in at the top is so you concentrate the bouquet. But the bigger, fancier ones you get in restaurants, um, they're quite unwieldy, aren't they? The other thing about it is that I quite like wine in my glass to kind of develop over a period of time with a meal. I quite like to, to drink some as I'm eating a meal, and then I quite like to go back to it when I've finished eating food. So you yeah. can see the wine kind of evolve. And if it's got anything different to say to you, I often think of wine as being a bit like people. So if it's a sort of surly, rather kind of, you know, tight individual, <laughs> you know, after a while at the dinner table, you will it find loosens it loosens up. right should we have a go at this one yes please do Mm, it does smell lovely so this has got uh lots of lovely black cherry richness to it it's got a fantastic nose there's a touch of violets Mm. there it's quite floral which you get off the sangiovese grape but it's got that nip of acidity which will cut through any uh, you know big fatty dishes that you're planning to serve it's lovely. There's a bit of mocha here as well. It's sort of got a very full taste, but it doesn't sort of cling. Well, it that's doesn't the sort of... acidity you're picking up on. Mm. The fact that it doesn't cling, it's leaving your mouth quite refreshed. Yes, yeah. If you think of acidity as being a bit like lemon juice, yes. do you spot that kind of... Definitely. There's a big difference between that sort of acidic lift at the end of this Italian red and the next one that we're going to serve, which doesn't have that level of acidity. I think £15.99 from Waitrose.com. You feel when you drink it that you are drinking a special festive red, don't you? You you feel that you're not drinking a kind of boring, ordinary bit of business. You feel that you're doing something sort of slightly special. Okay, so we've moved on from goose and game for this red to the next red. Tell us about this one. The next wine is the 2017 Brazen Old Vine Zinfandel. Zinfandel was a grape that originated on the Dalmatian coast and has an unpronounceable Dalmatian name and arrived in California. I love it, but I I can see that some people might find it too much. (laughs) It's got a very modern label, which suggests that when you look at it, this is a kind of modern wine for a modern palate. So you're in California, along with southern Italy, Puglia, the home of Zinfandel grape. It comes from the Central Valley, which is directly inland from San Francisco and Sacramento. It's the fruit bowl of America, the Central Valley, and miles and miles and miles of vineyards. And it's a great big tub thumper, but with 
something like Turkey, I think it's going to be an absolute cracker. It's 14.5% alcohol, which is high. <laughs> and it's quite... Whoa. Very useful at Christmas. Well, that awkward relative that you really want to send to sleep, pour them two glasses of this. <laughs> I love this. Jane has advice for everything in life. So this is made from 40 to 100-year-old Zinfandel vines, and it has that extra concentration and extra sweetness and extra richness. Because I'm catching, of I'm catching a raspberry here. Raspberries, blackberries. I mean, it's quite dark fruit. A lot of oak and a lot of sweet vanilla and mocha flavours. Oh, my God. Mm. It's, it's much sweeter than I thought it would be. It is. That residual sugar is what you get from... It's almost caramelly. Exactly. What you get from very ripe grapes grown in a hot place and left you know, on the vine to ripen completely. You get these almost kind of raisined flavours. If you're serving it with something like turkey and all the trimmings, you know, if you've got sausage meat, you've got chestnut stuffing, cranberry sauce, gravies, you know, that's a big wallop of flavour. And you need a big walloping red to cope with those. It's lovely because it's, it's very sweet. It's got a very strong taste. Again, it's not overpowering. So you can see it's sort of complementing the meal rather than taking over. Can I say something that seems silly here, but I, 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 and of course I'm not an aficionado. Well, I just feel more of this in more of my mouth than with some of the other wines. I mean, it just gets everywhere. That's probably because of the sweetness. So you feel that it, it has a kind of creamy quality. That creaminess kind of sits in and coats every taste bud and coats yeah. your soft palate. Yeah. And it is it is like drinking sort of fruity caramel. Yes, I mean if you wanted a different energy, you know, it's almost like kind of. Uh, wine Ribena, isn't it? It has that. Yeah. <laughs> it, it has that warmth of flavour. So it's fourteen point five. I would say it was probably a tad over fourteen point five, which is, which is what you'd normally Uh-oh. get from the Central Valley, a, a warm climate, a warm vintage. But it's so drinkable. Yes, I, I think if you drank that with turkey, it would stand up to the challenge. And how much will this one cost? Oh yeah, good point. It's fourteen ninety nine. That's not bad, is it? That's not bad at all. Jane, the lovely thing about all of these wines is you've taken us to France, to to Tuscany, to California now. I mean, um, are you missing that element of work? You're not getting to travel very much. Yeah, no, it is a shame because seeing someone like Piero Antonori in the middle of his vines and or in his cellar tasting his wines, it transports you into kind of the heart of what that winemaker is trying to do talking to his daughters you know you get on their home patch of dirt you really begin to understand what they're trying to do and how they're going to do it yes of course I miss it hugely but I'm always reminded that despite grumbling about big tastings where I have to do I don't know three four hundred wines a day what hold on hold on hold on hold on how can you possibly do 400 tastings a day i'm nearly through at four you do when you judge in you know places like australia at the sydney wine show because you do the aromatic whites first the oak age whites next the lighter reds bigger reds and you finish off with uh takais and muscats and fortifies but that's unusual i'd say most of the time out of covid situation I would probably taste in the middle of the tasting season I'd taste about 200 wines a day it works out about 10,000 wines a year 200 wines a day do you get to the point where you're absolutely sick of the stuff never 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 (laughs) it's always just like a really good friend 
But we should do the port. Yes. Yes, so what do we have port with? I haven't tasted port for 40 years. Tell me. Well, (laughs) port is really one of life's great winter treats. I learned this many decades ago, back when I was a baby wine writer, for a very charming guy who was actually working down in Jerez in the Sherry region. And he said, on days which are grey and miserable and wet, he said, I just nip down to the bodega. I take out my Sherry Thief, which was one of those long bendy pieces of wire with a little cup on the end of it and he dipped it into his oldest Pedro Jimenez sherry, the rarest and sweetest, poured himself a couple of thimblefuls, sank it in the bodega and then trotted back to his desk and felt (laughs) the sun had come out, life wasn't so bad. Better about the world. I'm afraid to say that is a habit I have followed. Mid-morning and mid-afternoon, on particularly grey and depressing day, a thimbleful, maybe two thimblefuls of uh, port. The clouds roll back, the sun comes out, you've got a spring in your step. And so much so that last year, I think we had a very good late bottle vintage and it was really rather delicious. And I kept it in the utility cupboard on top of the washing machine because it's a black bottle. You know, one day when I went in to pour myself a little so there was nothing left. And I then turned, <laughs> turned on my hubby and I said, look, this is really unfair. You know how much I like late bottle vintage port. And you've gone into my utility room. You've gone into the washing machine area and you've helped yourself. At which point my husband said, no, I haven't. <laughs> it was all you. So that was all me. <laughs> What we're drinking now is Kopke's Reserve Tawny, and people can't see, but it is in a beautiful, traditional, handsome black bottle with white lettering. And we have this with the Christmas pud, do we? Well, mince pies, it's great with. It's great with Christmas cake. I think I would have that with cheese, certainly. And it would be a good foil to have with Stilton. Mm. Tawny port can be 10, 20, 30, 40. That's the kind of range. And this is a reserve, and looking at the colour, I should think that's probably, might be 12 years, but it won't be more than that. Mm, it's a lovely ruby red. So what, what do you think of the smell? Or the bouquet, as I should say. <laughs> Very sweet. Sort of comfortingly. I think it has this sort of tea leaf and incense elegance to it. There's quite a lot of mm. sort of sandal, but you, you know there's alcohol there. You can kind of smell that kind of lift. I can smell the tea. Mm. Oh. I think this is delicious. I think this is my new utility cupboard port. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Waitrose's Christmas present to the nation because it's a standard bottle. It's 19.5% alcohol, which is what most port is. Uh, its normal price is 14.99, and kind Mr. Waite and Mr. Rose have reduced it for a tenner for Christmas. Oh, wow. And I think that's a really good Christmas present. So I would be very happy to find that, not just in my utility cupboard above the washing machine, but (laughs) under the tree. Well, it's just been delightful, hasn't it? I mean, I've learned a lot. I've drunk probably a bit too much. Um, And I am really ready to have my post-prandial nap. You know, everybody, I mean, let's face it, Christmas and festivities are all to do with overindulgence, aren't they? And really... The way to keep a spring in your step over big Christmas feasts is for every glass of wine, you take a glass of water. 
And provided you do that, you will definitely not wake up with a hangover the next day and you will feel, yes, that you've eaten and drunk well, but you won't have that awful stupor of thinking, crikey, my head hurts, my body hurts, I never wanted to see another bottle of anything again. I know it's rather dreary to keep swigging back water in the middle of meals, but it's the way to go. Mambin, I think you should thank Jane before I collapse. Oh, Jane, that was so lovely. Thank you so much. Happy <laughs> happy Christmas, one and all. Happy Christmas. Cheers. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times with David Aronovich and me, Manveen Rana, and our guest, the brilliant wine and drinks critic for The Times, Jane McQuitty, MBE. You can read more of Jane's work at thetimes.co.uk or in print. The producer today was Oliver Adamson. The executive producer is Poppy Damon. And sound design was by Carla Patella. If you'd like to get in touch about any stories you think we should be covering or anything you've heard on the podcast, then please do send us an email to storiesofourtimes at thetimes.co.uk. Subscribe today and get one month free at thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.